Welcome to Moms Out Loud podcast. I'm Alexa. And I'm Rachel. And this is episode number nine. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this week because I get to talk about my murderer story. (laughs) Yeah. So we didn't intentionally want to split them up, but then after I took so long talking about mine, we decided it made sense to do two episodes. So I'm so excited to have an episode just dedicated to hearing Alexa's murder because I don't know anything about it. So I'm really excited. Yeah. And well, and like I had said before in our previous episode, we both had our favorite. And so I chose the only one that Rachel didn't know about. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She kept <laughs> listing off ones and I'd be like, oh, you're talking about this exact one. Yeah. I know everything about that. Yeah, I, know, I already know. I know that. And she'd be like, cool, well, what don't you know? Stop bragging. Like, what are you yeah. saying? <laughs> Not really. But. Well, and I wanted, yeah, I wanted it to be interesting for Rachel. So I yeah. picked this one. Um, and are we going to just jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, awesome. Hopefully I don't disappoint. Oh, you won't. So, so our story begins in July of 1985 when Penny Bernstein was brutally attacked and sexually assaulted while she was jogging on on Lake Michigan Beach. The first person that was suspected was Stephen Avery. So Stephen Avery was, he was known to the law at that point for burglary and for a few other things that we won't mention yet. And he had four children. He was married and he had four children. He had his twin boys were babies at the time. And he had an alibi 40 miles away in Green Bay. And multiple witnesses saw him at this 40 miles away so that he couldn't have possibly done this act. He couldn't have been where Penny was and attacked her. Interesting. But because of the, when it happened, so 1985, they didn't have a lot of DNA things going on at that point. They thought he was guilty and they arrested him because she picked him out of a lineup. What? Twice. Oh my gosh. Wow. So he was arrested and he stayed vigilant that he was innocent. He was like, I did not do this. He appealed. He kept appealing. He got notice of the Innocence Project. And after being in prison for 18 years, in 2002, the Innocent Project ran new DNA testing that exonerated him. Dude. He was, in fact, innocent. Dude, 18 yes, years. Yes, yes, So the reason Stephen Avery was picked out of the lineup was because he looked almost identical to the actual rapist. So it was a coincidence at the same time. Why, when, when he had alibis and all of this... Why was he put in prison anyway? It seemed like the police officers just wanted him in prison, and he was framed for it and put into prison. Now, interesting enough, someone had come in while he was in prison and said, someone else is admitting to the crime, and they ignored it. The Manitowoc County said, no, we have our guy. He's in prison. We don't even want to hear your new evidence. And this was like when he was in prison for like 10 years. Yeah. And they just didn't even want to hear it. They wanted him in prison. He was guilty. Basically, that was it. They didn't want to hear anything about it. So when the Innocence Project came in at two th- in 2002 and tested his DNA, it was like obvious the county was framing him. So he got out. He was released on September 11th of 2003. All right. And there was the Avery Bill was passed and signed in 2005. 
uh, that was just renamed to the criminal justice reform bill a month later. So, I mean, the, after after they saw the mistakes of how an innocent man got into prison, they wanted to learn from these mistakes. Yeah. And he sued the county for $36 million in damages. Wow. And that was in, so that was like the year after he got out, I believe so. That was how, you know, we learn about Stephen Avery. And they, they did a documentary on this. Now, our story continues on October 31st, 2005, when a photographer, Teresa Halbach, disappears. And her last known appointment was with Stephen Avery. On his oh grounds gosh. at his auto salvage yard. So so his family owns an auto salvage yard, mm-hmm. and they all work there. They all kind of lived there, and it was like 40 acres of property, and they all kind of just spent their time there and worked together, okay? And Teresa would come occasionally and photograph cars that they wanted for sale for, okay. on, for Auto Trader. So she worked for Auto Trader. Her last known appointment was with Avery. And when she goes missing, of course, their first suspect was Stephen Avery. Yeah. He stands by. He is innocent and has no idea what happened to Teresa. They do find her car on his property. They do find Stephen Avery's DNA in her car. And they also find her bones burned in front of his house in his burn pile and his burn barrels what but he says he is being framed once more because they do not want to pay the 36 million dollars to him he's being framed again and that is what this documentary is about wow okay okay so his um, nephew which is the most damning evidence in this thing his nephew admits to the murder of Teresa Halbach his nephew explains details on what happened and how he and Stephen did this act and how they killed her and burned her all this stuff yeah but he is now saying that he was coerced okay because he was young he was 16 he was in the interrogation room alone the things that the interrogation officers said to him made him admit something that didn't really happen okay they are innocent they were framed and they're still in prison. So they were... So both of them are in prison. Both of them are in prison. March... So in 2006, Brandon Dassey was charged as an accessory in Halbach's case after he confessed under interrogation to helping his uncle kill Halbach and dispose of her body. Wow. In March 18th, 2007, because they were tried separately, Avery was found guilty, sentenced to life within prison without parole. Wow. Whoa. Okay, so this is right after he gets out of prison, after he's technically framed before. Yeah. Now he's in prison again. What the heck? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so he is standing by that he's innocent. The documentary, Making a Murderer, it's so popular because his defense attorneys create so much doubt, so much doubt in the first season. You're like, what is going on? These ca- these uh, Manico- Manitowoc County officers obviously hate Avery for yeah. no reason. Interesting. And they just want him <clears throat> in jail. They they came up with when they went to go look at 
vials of blood from his post-conviction, so for his, his, one, his conviction in 1985, he had vials of blood taken. When they go, they find a hole at the top of that vial, and it's opened. What the heck? Okay, so they insinuate their theory is that his blood was taken, put inside her car, because it is in weird parts of her car. Okay. Okay? Put inside her car, and the police are just framing him for this murder. Now- Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Just going to say, why would his blood be in the car? Like you said, the DNA. Why blood? Like would, like so if she he was had a cut. He something? had a cut on his finger. Oh. He had a big cut on his finger. And so how things were found, and season two goes into it a lot more. But in this first season, they go into how first the Brendan Dassey interrogation. There was so many, so much fact feeding. They go into how the. The car was not found until after they thought he was the suspect. So they could have had time to look at the cut and be like, okay, he has a cut on his finger. We can put DNA in the car. And then her car wasn't found until, oh, the 7th so of November, Okay, I believe. So it's after they've already looked at his house, already looked at the property. They only find the key on the 5th. They have already been in his trailer before. Why are they finding the key on the 5th? They have looked at his property already. Why are they only finding her car? And it's the way that it's hidden, it's like underneath branches and all this stuff. It's like he had a car crusher. So why did he not crush the car and get rid of it appropriately? Why Why did he even keep it on his property? Why would he burn? So in the other the other piece that they bring up is why are her bones showing up in other piles? So it wasn't just in his burn bit in his burn barrel, but they're also finding human human bones over in the quarry, which is not on his property. So was her body actually burned somewhere else, and then Brought. some of it was carried over and put in his area? Yeah. Right. There's so much that they bring up that it's like. <clears throat> Maybe he is being framed. For whatever reason, the sheriffs want to frame him for this. Hmm. Now, in Making a Murderer Season 2, they dive into more evidence. So it leaves you hanging after Season 1. It makes you think, is he a murderer? Did him being in prison for 18 years really affect him and now he's a murderer? Yeah. Or are they framing him again? Right? Yeah. So in season two, because they did lose that battle, they brought him to court again with new defense attorneys, and they lost, again, based off of the evidence, the DNA evidence. Ugh, yeah. Season two of Making Murder dives into even more evidence behind that he was framed. He got a new lawyer, Kathleen Zellner, and she's the best at freeing innocent people. She just has a history of this, so she's so good. She goes into each part of damning evidence on his case and she just tears it apart so the first thing that they do is they do a brain fingerprint test so instead of a polygraph which i believe stephen avery had passed so they do a brain fingerprint test and avery passes with flying colors and it's supposed go ahead i was just gonna say also Polygraph tests, from what I understand, are admissible in court as evidence anymore because they it's been proven that you can fake them. 
Exactly. So they're saying that brain fingerprinting is better than polygraphs and Avery passes with flying colors. Awesome. That he doesn't know what happened to her. He wasn't actually there when it happened. At the same time that all of this is happening, they're also going back and appealing Brandon Dassey's case, his nephew. They get his appeal all the way to the Seventh Circuit Court where they're saying his interrogation was coerced. And they have judges agreeing in federal court. They're agreeing. Yes, his interrogation was coerced. Interesting. But he, yes. So, so they jump back and forth on this. They really humanize Stephen Avery. So there's a lot on his family, you know, how, how his parents portrayed him, how his family portrayed him. You know, there's lots of conversation between him and his mom, like on the phone, how his mom is feeling, how Brendan Dassey's mom is feeling, you know, and how he would have never done this. You know, they really humanize these guys. Yeah. While they're still putting out information. So the burn pit in front of Avery's house could not have been the burn site unless there was a barrel. Now, Avery did have four barrels, but they didn't find anything in the barrels is what they say. Well, my question is, is what is the likelihood that someone's going to burn bones in front of their own house? (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, right. Especially when you're probably on parole or something after you get out of prison. That just seems absurd. So unless he is an idiot. You know what I mean? Which I feel like exactly. probably exactly. not. After 18 years in prison, don't you think you might be able to talk to some guys who've done some things, you know? Right. So that's crazy. Well, and that's kind of what they're, what they're saying. It's like, why would he do it this way if yeah. he did it? Right? Yeah. Now, they also hit on that the dogs alerted off of Avery's property near the other burn pile instead of initially at his burn pile. Interesting. The dogs go from that burn pile into Avery's pile. Hmm. So these cadaver dogs, right? They do this run a few times and the documentary is stating these dogs aren't hitting on his property first. Why? Why? That's weird. Why are they going around over here near the quarry and not staying in his property, right? Yeah. So even a neighbor says that there was someone burning stuff off near his property in the quarry. Okay. So... Now, they are admitting that the blood evidence does not show that the blood is from the tubes. But from the very beginning, so Kathleen Zellner is now on the case. She is not saying that the blood is coming from the tubes. She's saying that he broke his hand open that the week of, of her disappearance, of mm-hmm. Teresa Hobock's disappearance. His finger breaks open. He has blood everywhere in the bathroom. And natural guy instinct is not to pick it up. He goes to the store after he cl- after he cleans up his own hand and goes to the store. When he, him and his uncle see tail lights when they're exiting the property, come back but don't see anybody. So they continue on to the store. When he comes back, he goes to bed. In the morning, he realizes the blood is gone. All this excessive blood in his bathroom sink on his everything is just cleaned up. What? So now Kathleen Zellner is trying to prove that they actually did not take the blood from the tubes they took the blood from the bathroom sink and that's how they're framing him with it with well how would blood. they know that he hurt himself though so this is already after she was di- she disappeared and then they have seen him okay ne- then start pe- things start showing up on his property or they start finding things okay okay just the timeline in and of itself gotcha but that was one of my questions too you're counting that he has an injury if you're going to frame him. Yeah. You're counting on it. 
But what they're saying is the timeline is how it is, that the blood in the RAV4, it all shows up on November 5th. And he had gotten the cut on November 3rd. So there, so I mean, it, it makes sense that they could know that he has a cut and they could have known he, that maybe they went in to pick up some DNA from his house. Perfect. There's blood. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. Right. I thought, I was thinking like they were waiting for him to hurt, like get some injury where he has blood. I'm like, how, what, no. how would they do that? <laughs> you know? Right. Right. So their theory is that the ex-boyfriend gives, so the police are saying, hey, she's missing there's evidence she's she's dead we need we need the key up to her car and the ex-boyfriend has an extra key gives it to police while the police because after okay so after he was framed for the first time the police of manawak manawak you can just say that right yeah m county they weren't supposed to be on the scene at all because Obviously, he's going to say that they're framing him, obviously. Yeah. Right? So, another county was in charge of the investigation of his property, but there's still two key people from the Mantua County there. Why are they there? Why are they in his house? Why? Could they have gotten a key for her car, rubbed his DNA, like, from a toothbrush, put it, and it was, like, so obviously right next to the, the bookcase, why had they not found it before these Manitowoc County police officers were in the house? Okay? Yeah. They find it. There's so much DNA on this key. And so they're just going through all these pieces of evidence. Let me see. They also go over that there's never mixtures of DNA or blood DNA on any items. Either you see Stephen Avery's blood and then Teresa's blood on the car. But you never see them mixed, which is weird if if he's mixing his blood, like his cut is on his hand and he's touching her. Why are these things? And where is all the blood? So say because the story is that he was torturing her in the house. Where's all the blood from the house? And then where's the blood trail? Where's where's all the blood in the garage? There's no blood in the garage. Yeah. Where's all this blood? There wasn't not an excessive amount of blood in the car. There was just a few spots of blood in the in the car. Why also? Why would he put her body in the car if and he was just going to burn her bones on his own property? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So all this is just you're getting so confused. Yeah. Um. There's so many things to it. Okay. So then Kathleen Zellner runs um tests on why is because they're saying that she was shot in the garage which is one of the key uh, pieces to the case is that they found a bullet in his garage with hallbox dna on it okay so what what they're trying to prove is there was or lots of bullets laying around the house because it's just a farm area people would just shoot randomly even at the garage and then there's there's all these bullets around yeah. And you could have you could have easily put her DNA onto the bullet. Interesting. Okay, so they're also running tests at the same time on how would her blood because they're saying the blood from the RAV4 is when he shot her, but the splatter, the blood splatter doesn't match a bullet shot. Hmm. It more matches maybe if someone was hitting her over the head with a hammer. Ugh. Yeah, like the blood splatter is just a lot different than a gunshot wound yeah. splatter. 
And so, and then they also go over all the, all the little spots that they find his blood. It's not like an open wound. Say if, if you're bleeding, your, your, your cuts really deep, you're bleeding, you're going to see big drops of blood everywhere. This is just little, little drops occasionally in the car. And they're trying to see how would that have gotten here? How would that have gotten here? And they disprove it. They're like, if you're putting the key into the ignition, you're not going to touch that part of the car with your hand yeah so they're proving that this this even if it did happen it didn't happen the way that they're the prosecutors are saying it happened and while all this is happening they're saying they coerced the interrogation out of brendan dassey yeah so they're just feeding him this story that they want to be right but even the evidence doesn't back up their story that they fed to brendan dassey and that's why Brendan Dassey would not testify against his uncle in court and is now saying he's coerced and innocent. So, yeah, it, there's so much. There's just so much. Um, they go into so many details and you have so many questions. Okay, so many questions. There's also the cell phone activity. Her phone pings a tower off of his property right after they say well she never left the property she stayed here with Stephen Avery her cell phone pings a different tower after that after she sees Stephen Avery what the heck so what they're saying is and oh and what they found on Bobby Dassey so Brendan Dassey's brother yeah what they found on Bobby Dassey which they okay you have to realize it's 40 acre farm place they're all kind of living in trailers close together oh close yeah okay closer kind of close together so bobby dassey knew she was on the property bobby dassey in court testified that she was walking up to the house before he left for hunting and that puts her in with stephen avery that's the last time she was seen bobby dassey's stepfather scott says that he sees later that night a big bonfire, a huge bonfire, the biggest bonfire he's ever seen at Stephen's house, and that he's putting a bag of something inside his burn barrel, like something. Weird. So these two people are his main people saying, like, this happened. That he's guilty. The defense, that he's guilty. The defense is now saying Scott and Bobby were in on it. So the defense is actually pointing the finger the other way and saying the the prosecutors just said, hey, Either we go after you or we go after Steven. So you better give us the information we want to hear. Yeah. But what they found on Bobby Dassey's computer that the defense never got to see in the last trial. So they were hiding evidence. They were saying that it was Brendan Dassey's computer, not Bobby Dassey's computer hard drive. Hmm. They find out it's Bobby Dassey's computer hard drive. And you know what they found find on Bobby Dassey's hard drive is mutilation porn. Ew. Dead girl porn what drowned girl porn there there's so many gross things on his hard drive thousands and thousands of images on his hard drive and they said hey here's our theory Teresa Halbach left the property you followed her off the property got her to stop because she recognized you she knew you she had been on the property before had met everybody yeah she you were able to stop her and Scott because Scott says that he saw Bobby going a, the different way. So now Scott's in on it. You guys both kill her off the property and know that you can frame Stephen for it. Wow. That is their theory for for what their evidence shows, that she was burned off the property. Her cell phone pinged off the property. And the cops 
thinking, oh, well, this is Steven, didn't want to find the other killer. They just said, yep, this is Steven, and now they're framing him for it. Well, I'm sorry. An easy frame. But... The so it was his brother we're saying right now. So Brendan Dassey, yeah, the one that was sixteen and he, yeah. So the nephew, so Stephen Avery's nephew. Oh, it's his nephew. Sorry, I got it confused yeah. for a second. So Brendan Dassey's yeah nephew is saying that him and Stephen did it in no, the no, 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 in no. the coerced interrogation. No. So then Bobby da- Bobby Dassey is Brendan Dassey's brother, and oh. Scott. Scott Ty, um, I can't say his name. Scott is just the stepfather of okay. of of Bobby and Brendan Dassey. Gotcha. So so Stephen Avery and Brendy Brendy Brendan confused. Yeah, yeah. So and Scott is married to Stephen's sister. Okay. Okay. It's just this nice really messed up. Like if one of them did it, like that's just a messed up family, right? Yeah. Like either or either story is just messed up. Right. But anyway, well, this is just a crazy family thing going on, because if you're going to say that Stephen Avery didn't do it, then who did do it? Yeah. Are you saying the police killed her just to frame her or to frame Stephen? No. No. So you're saying someone else killed her, which is another family member. Yeah. Someone else killed her because Stephen has even said that, well, maybe his brothers did it. Because wow. his brothers are kind of I- involved in, um, in bad things, too. So, well, maybe his brothers did it. But Stephen's just standing by he didn't do it. And Brendan's standing by he didn't do it. So who did it? So, yeah. and the only other explanation would be if another family member did it. Yeah. And or someone she knew, you know. And that's why they even point fingers at the ex-boyfriend. Because, well, yeah. Because why not? But at the same time, if you're going to point fingers at the ex-boyfriend, why didn't he do it in a place that he was more familiar with? Why would he go all the way an hour out of his way to kill her? You know, there's other ways. He could have done it to potentially frame someone else for it if he was the one to have done it. But the little bit that I do know about this case, which is like nothing. (laughs) But from (laughs) what I remember people mentioning that um, the family, the Avery family and cousins and all them, seemed somewhat uneducated mm-hmm. um so correct me if i'm wrong on that but nope i feel like there is such a high potential that it was one of his family members and they just weren't quite clever enough to think of what to do so they kind of just framed him and i'm not saying they did a bad job at framing him because obviously they didn't right but like I don't know, man. Well, and then that's why, but that's why the court continues to keep him there because the only actual evidence is his DNA. Yeah, that sucks. There's sweat DNA um, underneath the hood latch of the RAV4. Sweat DNA. Yeah, but could it... So, but I bet that could be, yeah. So that's the thing. So that's the thing. They're saying that's, that's, that shouldn't even be in the evidence. I mean, it could have totally been put there. It... You know, that's just something totally separate. Well, it and shouldn't be considered. Like she was there, and she could have been like, "Hey, bud, while I'm here, would you check something in my car? Something's been sounding weird, or something." You know, and right. she could have been like, "Oh, no problem. Let me look." Exactly. Because, like, that's just really no. So <laughs> yeah, so the only thing that's keeping him in prison right now is the DNA. Okay. Now, could someone else have done it and framed him? For sure. Yeah. But now I'm going to, do you have any 
any questions on all everything that's presented? I any don't other ones? think so. I feel like I am following pretty well. I the only, I just wanted to add earlier, um, right, that the first time he was convicted, and then the police were like, "No, nah, we don't want to hear about the potential of it being someone else." You know, right? I think that unfortunately happens pretty often. I've heard that before, where oh yeah, people like I and po- generally speaking, police want to do good. Yeah. Unfortunately, we mostly hear about the bad ones, not the good ones, but. They probably were just like, cool, this guy, he's, they, the girl said it's him, put him in jail. One more crappy guy off the street. You know what I mean? So they probably thought they right. were doing something good. And yeah. then when it came down to it, they're probably like, well, we don't necessarily want to worry about that anymore. We think we did what we need to do by getting a bad guy off the street. So thanks, but we don't want to necessarily look into it and admit that we could have made a mistake. You know what right. I mean? So I'm right. not saying that's right. But that's I've heard that so many times in other cases. Oh, yeah. So, but oh, well, yeah. And, and to continue, another piece that just continues to wow. There was a truck driver. So when when she goes missing, there were signs put up of her face and her car. If you see this car, if you see this woman, please call us. Please let us know in 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 the county. So, a truck driver saw the Rav4 off the property near Scott's property off the highway. Who's Scott? I forget who Scott is. The uh, stepfather. Oh, okay, okay, that's right. Scott. He sees this RAV4. He stops at a gas station and sees the sign and and says, oh, that's the car. He then sees a sheriff, uh, a police officer drive up, and he says, hey, I just saw that RAV4. I just saw that RAV4. It's right over there, and he explained where it was. Mm-hmm. And that was it. There is a phone call put in from the deputy. And this is the main deputy that they say is, like, framing Stephen. There's okay. a phone call that comes in that's recorded, obviously, and says, so what's the license plate number? Is this the license plate number that we're looking for? And he reads it off. What? And the lady, it, and then the lady is like, is that, yes, that's Teresa Halbach. She's a missing missing person is that what you what you needed and he's like yes thank you and then that's it that's the end of the phone the call. end <laughs> like oh no, okay I found it. <laughs> yes so after the first season aired the truck driver saw all this and he's and he calls in he calls kathleen zellner and he's like i told that sheriff where that car was and that's when that phone call happened because what the sheriff the went over saw it was reading it off he was reading it off, and then he moved the car. He moved the car to the Stephen property. That's why they find the car two days later. Or not even at two days. Oh. Maybe it was even just a day later. Okay. So how long was she missing before they realized? I don't remember. They didn't find any evidence, like blood evidence or bone evidence, for like five days, I want to say. Okay. Okay. So she goes missing. The minute she goes missing, Stephen Avery is a suspect. Gotcha. Or person of interest. Well, because they, the day. The, the, he was supposedly the last person to have seen right. him. So. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, after I watched this documentary, I was for sure he's not guilty. What the heck is going on in this county? Yeah. What is going on? But then when I started looking into it, making a murderer is a very slanted view of what happened. Well, of course, it's a documentary. So slanted. But I've never seen a documentary this slanted before. And it's kind of crazy how, why would you want to put these 
thoughts in people's heads if you're not giving them the whole story. It, it's crazy that this case keeps getting open and open and open and you're not putting everything out there for the public. You know, it's <laughs> it's um, it's really crazy. So what I want to tell you now is the real story of Stephen Avery and the real evidence that they have against him. Uh Oh, OK. OK. So let's look into Stephen's past, okay? So how the documentary pictures him is that he's just this backwoods, non-intelligent person. Yeah. He's friendly with everyone. He's a nice guy. People even like him in prison. They're sending him letters. He's getting married in prison. Like, Oh, wow. There's, you know, he's just this nice guy. Yeah. But let's look at his real past. Why was Stephen in the lineup for Penny in 1985? Why? Why were police so set that this was their guy? Well, first we see that his police record starts with burning his cat in Ew. a burn pit. He set, he put gasoline. So in the documentary, it does mention this. He was like, oh, well, I was just hanging out with some friends. It was a bad, I hung out with bad friends. And and they let him shrug off all his, his previous things. But as you know, as a murderino, burning animals just, is like a no-no yeah okay <laughs> and he didn't general. he didn't just take he didn't just take like the the cat and like oh ha 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 and like take the cat and like put him in the fire no this guy doused the cat in gasoline then put it in the fire Ew. in a huge fire it wasn't and it was planned it was not like a side whatever Spur the moment yeah yes this was the family cat he then would get into trouble with the law for burglary, which he would lie about and he would try to get out of, but there would be evidence against him that no, he, he burglarized these areas. What the heck? He was also known to mass. Okay. So what, what got him into a lot of trouble was that his cousin was driving by now Think of this, this is a town, a small town and yeah. a small property. His cousin, he knew his cousin was going to be driving by. He starts masturbating in front of her vehicle. His cousin. And his cousin. <laughs> Gross. And he thinks it's funny. And I, I, I think he'd done, he'd done several things like that before. So she was like speeding by because she didn't want to be, you know, um, bombarded by this guy. touching himself. Yeah. And Ew. he was... And yeah, and then so she actually shares this with some of her friends, which then when she when she drove by and he found out that she was sharing it with people, he stopped her. He drove her off the road. What? Put a gun to her head and said, if you ever tell anybody about this, I'll kill you. So what this is cousin <laughs> is just what? Because she's married to a Manawak County officer. Oh, no. Okay? So that's where they're getting all this framing stuff from. Okay? But, of course, she's going to go home. She's going to tell her husband. Yeah. They're going to file against him. He was arrested for indecent exposure, as he should be. As he should be, you crazy person. Pervert. Okay? Like, for real. So when this happened to Penny, and when he was put into the lineup, and when Penny said, this is the guy... He already had a deep history with law enforcement, and so did his family. Okay, so his, he's not just like brothers, a peachy keen dude. No, they weren't like these clean people. No, 
His brothers were known for domestic violence, both of them. There's like, there's, and those brothers were his alibi to where he was that day. So when officers are like, yeah, sorry, I don't believe you, that's why. It's like he's hanging out with bad guys. They're not reputable alibi people. Right. So, and he even threw his brothers under the bus. The brothers that he supposedly said he was with, which we find out he actually was. But he even threw his brothers under the bus about Teresa, like when Teresa Halbach went, Halbach went missing. Like, this family's just messed up to its core. <sighs> yeah. And so the documentary makes it seem like, oh, they just love each other and they're such a supportive family. No. There's some, a lot of stuff going on there. <clears throat> the inmates even talked about how he openly, like, so when he was in prison, wrongfully, for those 18 years, his fellow inmates said that he spoke openly about wanting to rape and kill women when he got out. Lovely. And he would draw, yeah, he would draw torture chambers of what he was going to build when he got out. And he even knew how he was going to get rid of a body by burning it in a burn pit. Okay? So these are fellow inmates. They're not good guys. But they're saying, yeah, that that guy is scary, cool. creepy. Okay? Yeah, right? So. Dude. I mean, they, they're prisoners. So obviously it's not like we can necessarily believe everything they say right but he's gross (laughs) right so then there's this um he when he did get out of prison he even called penny up to ask her to buy him a house who's penny the lady that wrongfully picked him out of the lineup Oh, 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 oh that's right so he even called her up and was like hey since you know you ruined my life i need a house kind of thing (laughs) Okay. Right? So it's like, it's not like he's this, like, squeaky clean guy. It's like, oh, yeah. If So I'm just trying to paint this picture of, like, this sicko. Okay? Yeah. Um, Let's see. Let me make sure that I didn't <laughs> miss any of this. Uh, it's okay, but why funny. doesn't the documentary talk about any of this, right? Yeah, I mean, I get it. Because they're all biased. I mean, how many, like, documentaries are literally just to make you see one side? You know? Right. It's like watching the news, my word. Right. So there's Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> there's more. There, there's more, Rachel. And it kind of, it's kind of crazy. There's so much more. He was also in 2006. <clears throat> okay, so in 2006, two women came forward that they were raped by Avery. And that he had said, if you tell anyone, I'll kill you and I'll kill your family. And so they didn't feel safe about sharing it until he was in prison. Yeah, that's really scary. It also comes out. It also comes out that Teresa did not want to go back to his property, that she was very creeped out by him, that he had answered the door in a towel mm. when she had come to take pictures before, the time before. He knew he knew she was coming. He had answered the door, and he had creeped her out. But when he had requested her, specifically her, mm-hmm. to come to his property, he called Auto Trader. He had had her number before which we have evidence of that he called her that day with star 67. So hiding his identity. Oh my gosh. I forgot about but, that. Sorry. But yeah, but he did call auto trader and request her specifically and put a different name on the sheet. Okay. So she was thinking that she was going to be seeing somebody else and not him. Hmm. 
when she got there, I'm sure then she figured out, oh, why I'm actually dealing with the same person. Yeah. Um, but she didn't know that previously before she got on the property. Gross. And who knows? I mean, at her age, too, she could have just been creeped out, but she wanted money more. Yeah. You know, and she didn't really think that anything really bad was going to happen. Who knows? But we do know that he specifically asked for her. Hmm. Stephen had purchased handcuffs and leg irons. Ew. And he had said, well, he just wanted to try something new with his girlfriend, who was in prison at the time and wouldn't be out of prison for six months. So he was just a really great planner, right? So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> preemptively getting such right. romantic gifts right. for his girlfriend. Yeah. So DNA was found everywhere, like in the car, on the car keys, on the hood of her car. Was this framed? You know, it, it's just kind of a, a yeah, an intricate cover up when really the facts are before us. Like he specifically asked for her. He had called her. He was infatuated with her. He was the last person that was seen with her. He's not a good guy. There, There's all this past history with him. And he had the handcuffs. We see, okay, so Brendan Dassey's confession, their biggest thing against him was that it was coerced. I watched the first hour of this confession, the real confession, mm-hmm. not the little clips that they put into making a murderer. You know, the little clips are so deceiving. Of course. Obviously, the clips look like he's being coerced. It does. It looks like I was convinced But when I see the actual interrogation footage, I'm like, this is sick. I didn't even want to finish it Mm. because I'm like, I know for sure he's 100% telling the truth. And the the officers are not, not coercing it out of him. Not. This is, it's just so sick. He explains details, details after detail by himself. And he, he was abused by his uncle. He admits okay. that to his mother in a, in a taped phone call. He admits that he was abused. And his mom even says, well, why didn't you just tell me? Yeah. Why didn't you just tell me? Then we could have gotten you out of this situation. He could have only gotten 20 years in prison if he just admitted that Stephen made him do it. And he mm. would have only been in there 20 years for just being, you know, because he didn't help Teresa. Yeah. But there was, there was things that he explained that the cops did not know about. That he explained first... Not the cops. The cops didn't explain it to him like the making a murderer says they did. Mm. He explained it first. They go over and they're like, we just want to make sure that we have these facts right. They leave the room. And I'm pretty sure they're making phone calls like, hey, we need to make sure we check the garage because of this is what he just told us. We need to make sure and check the room for leg irons, handcuffs. We need to check the room for these things. They're making lists because this is what they're all getting from Brendan Dassey's confession. Yeah. So what really happened that day? Brendan Dassey gets home from school. He's not all mentally there, and he's also abused by his uncle. Yeah. And so it's just a very sad situation. After him and his brother get in the house, he goes out, gets the rides his bike, get the mail, comes back, and hears yelling mm. from coming from Stephen's trailer, like "Help me!" screaming. So he goes up because he had a piece of Stephen's mail. He goes up and knocks on the door and he waits about five minutes for his uncle to answer the door. I don't know what he was thinking at that point. Why would you stand there for five minutes? Like, why would you want to go into that house if you hear screaming? Yeah, that's scary. His 
Yeah, his uncle answers the door, sweaty, and invites him in. What? And then his uncle and and Brendan hands him the mail. This is your mail. And then Stephen starts asking him if he wants in on the fun. Oh, no. Okay. Brendan says he doesn't. He's not old enough. He doesn't want to do any of that stuff. Stephen makes him participate. No. And he can explain detail for detail what he saw. The interrogators even asked him, what was the tattoo on her stomach? What did it look like? And Brendan even says, I didn't see a tattoo on her stomach. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's true. Because she never had a tattoo on her stomach. They were just making sure he was telling them real facts. And that they weren't coercing him. There's things that they drop in there that they're like, we know she doesn't have that, but we're just going to see what he has to say. Yeah. Right? He lays out this story. She's raped, tortured in this bedroom. Mm. And then taken, they were going to dump her in a pond in the quarry. Okay. That's why they put, they, he shoots her in the garage, kills her in the garage, puts her in the car. Then they drive the car around the quarry. Why were the dogs sniffing around the quarry? Like, why? Right? Mm -hmm. That's why they were going to... But the pond was all dried up. So, And this this all makes sense. This all makes sense. Everything makes sense. And that's why the prosecutors in this case are getting such a bad light in the documentary. Because they're so against seeing any other evidence. Because they're like, we already know what happened. Like, everything Brendan Dassey told us matches every single piece of evidence. We don't. That's why. So, they find out the pond was dried up. Come back and they're like, well, I guess we'll have to get rid of her a different way. Put her in the burn pit. Her bones are burned with tire um, pieces of, like, metal shavings from tires, Mm -hmm. which is how he kept the fire burning so long. Because you need a hot, hot fire to burn a body. And they kind of knew that because they were deer hunters and they knew how to get rid of, like, deer bones. Like, I don't know why they would. I've never heard of that. But I guess in that county, I guess in that county they would, like, burn deer heads. Like, so they knew how to get rid of bones. Okay? Gotcha. So in the burn pit, like, he... He said, oh, there was just a couple tires out there. No. He is part of, he owns Salvage Yard. He had, there's a picture. There's hundreds of tires that he could have burned. And there's evidence that there was a lot of tires burned with her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and those fragments were found mixed with her bones. Gross. So then he raked up what didn't burn because certain certain bones just don't burn, right? No. So he raked up what didn't burn put it into a barrel and that's what scott sees that he's burning something else in a barrel and then they find evidence in the barrel of her camera of her palm pilot of her other devices that she had on her Mm -hmm. scott sees avery put a bag a small bag of something in the the burn pit as well and then they find evidence of a camera and all that with her bones yikes so so then we see then we have then we have Brendan confessing with evidence that he had bleached jeans that after everything was done he helped his uncle bleach the garage floor. They clean the garage. They clean it. And he comes home with bleached jeans and his mom even asks him, "Why are you, what what's wrong with your jeans?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I was helping I was helping Stephen clean the garage." And they even have those in evidence 
that he had bleached the garage that night. When they pull up the concrete, there is evidence of blood. Oh, I was going to ask Underneath that. the concrete. That, that, but it's it's too clean to identify whose blood it is. But there is a lot of blood there. But it is identifiable that there was bleach and everything else put on top of it. So they can identify the DNA on there. Um, like inside the concrete, you know? Yeah. But well, there yeah. is evidence of blood. So it's not like there's no blood anywhere. Where's all the blood? No, there is blood. It's just they had five days to clean up everything. Yeah. You know, like, oh, where's all the blood in the room? Is it really so far-fetched that they could have burned the sheets? Is that really so far-fetched that he had all this time to burn the evidence in his room? No. He must have been really careful because it's hard to, er, like, get every little bit of evidence well but what brendan says is that she wasn't bleeding a lot until the garage so what when he was torturing her in the room you know there's just a little bit of blood going on you know it's not like a lot of blood that you have to like control there you know little baby i feel so bad right so these details are told to the police, and then that's when they start searching. So, yes, they had access to the property beforehand, but they didn't really know what they were looking for yeah. until Brendan's confession. Okay. Once Brendan confesses, then they start looking in specific areas. Okay. So then that's when they find the bullet in the garage that they had missed. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's also when they find the uh, RAV4 because, oh, they had to hide the car, and they hid the car under branches over there you know that's when they start searching the property the key that's found it was actually stuffed so this this officer the officer that they want to frame right Mm -hmm. the officer was so sickened because in the bookcase was so much porn from his like ex-wife and his girlfriend so much porn but they said you have to go through all of it because we need to make sure that there's no pieces of Teresa in here like no pictures Mm -hmm. He had to go through each piece of porn, and he was just so disgusted that he hit, like, when he went to go put the bookcase, like, move it, he, like, kind of slammed it, and that's when the key fell out of the back lining of the bookcase. So it wasn't just the key was sitting there, oh, and they had already, like, kind of walked through the house. No. It fell out of the bookcase. It was, like, hidden. And there was even someone watching this guy, so it wasn't, like... He had all this time to frame him with DNA. No, there was someone else, like, right next to him, like, watching all this happen. Yeah. You know? So, unless you want to say the other county's in on it, too. So, yeah, just poor, poor, poor baby Dassey. Like, I feel like his attorneys didn't do him justice. It's like, dude, what they're saying is he was so, he wasn't mentally functioning on a high level. Like, it was a really low level. And um, so that's why he was coerced into a confession. And so but then in trial, he said, well, people are saying, well, how did you where did you get this description of what happened? You know, some of the pieces weren't given to you by, you know, interrogators. So how did you find the other pieces? And he's like, well, I read it in a book. Okay. And so so what you're saying is this low functioning kid read a big like 400, 600 page book. And remembers it and then tells it to interrogate. No, I'm sorry. This kid was abused. He saw what happened. He saw a murder happen. And he was so distraught 
Yeah. And they should have treated him like an abuse kid and his defense attorneys did him injustice. And I'm actually kind of upset with his mom, too, because his mom wants to believe that he's so that he's not guilty, that he feels guilty even admitting because there's recorded phone calls. He even feels guilty telling her and she just says, oh, no, you couldn't have done that. You couldn't have done that. And so then that's his default. He's like, like he doesn't he doesn't want he doesn't want to even admit it to his mom. Because his mom is just like, he's just this perfect angel. He would never do that. Okay. She's just in denial and making it worse. It's like, yeah. come on, mom. Your kid's abused. Just admit that you didn't do your job and your kid was abused under your nose. And that, yeah, his uncle made him do this terrible thing. Your brother. Which, by the way, you don't even think he's like this great guy anyway. You know? Yeah. Just admit it all. And then your son could have been out of prison soon. You know, and it's just so sad. It's so sad. But I just want to say, like, oh, man, this whole thing. Why didn't he crush the car? Because he's really just that stupid. <laughs> he's really just that stupid. I mean, when you when you think about it and he's a psychopath, you have to think when I look at him and everything, I'm like, this is another Ted Bundy. If we let him out of prison, he's just going to go on a rampage because here's here's the thing. He's so calm and collected. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I'm being framed. I'm being framed. There's so much evidence against him that I'm like, what? You're just a psychopath. This is, and this is crazy how people think that he's, oh, and he got engaged in prison and even she dumped him because she's like, he says crazy things. The, um, his fiance of the first season was no longer in the second season. Why? Because he abused her and threatened that if she wasn't on season one, that he would kill her. Yeah, like, there's it. so many things. It's like his, there's so many skeletons in his closet. Why would his defense attorneys and why would making a murder even try to, try to portray this guy as an innocent guy? You know, it, it's Who just knows? so far-fetched, like, framing him. Oh, also the bones. I want to go over that. The bones. The bones that were far found in the quarry were not identified as human bones. Hmm. So there was just, you know, they were looking around because the dogs went that way. So they found that bone pile. Yeah. And they thought, oh, maybe that's Teresa. But it wasn't. The only bones that were found were in his burn pile, in, in the barrel. Wow. So, so that's it. Um, the bones that were found over there, the only reason the dogs were over there was because they scented Teresa over there because... Of Brendan Dassey's confession, which the, the police would have never searched over there anyway. Yeah. But only because of Brendan Dassey's confession that, oh, well, we are going to throw her in the pond over there. So they were over there. Hmm. It wasn't that she was burned over there. So and there's no evidence of framing either. I mean, even it, so what you're saying is the police, they perfectly framed you. There's no evidence for any other suspect. There's no evidence for any other DNA. There's there's no evidence for a frame or for any other suspect than what actually happened. Interesting. And so the his defense attorneys are just, they're trying to create doubt. And I get that because you're a defense attorney. That's what you're supposed to do. But with what evidence? You know, there's nothing else <sighs> against him. Yeah, and that's crazy. You know. And why so, would the police go so much out of their way to frame him? Right. And $36 million, come on. And that was already closed. It's already a closed case, the 36 so that you can't go off that anymore. You hmm. know, it's, um, 
I don't know. I just feel like that's not really a good theory anymore. If if that's and they were willing to pay him out some money. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't know. And um, and then also it it makes me even think of him more as a sicko when he's doing the blame game on his brothers and on his other nephew and on this person and that person. He's willing to point the finger on everybody else, you know, and then and the documentary just just helps him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just this nice guy. You're this innocent guy. Oh, it could have been your brothers, but you're the good brother. Right? That doesn't make any sense, you know, especially if you've been arrested before. Yeah. So, I don't know. There was... And I just want to make sure in my notes that I didn't miss anything because just this whole thing is just so sad. And the thing about it is it's just... it's, It's just that simple. You made a mistake. Like, you're a bad guy and you made mistakes in covering it up and that's it. But now there's a documentary out there that's dragging this chick's family through the dirt again when when you have all the facts it's pretty simple you know yeah that's crazy that's a lot of information (laughs) but like it's so crazy yeah oh my goodness so oh 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 and the other thing he called he calls her okay so he called her twice that day before she got to the property with star 67 he calls her a couple times. So basically, he's that fo- he's that phone breather, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, that he's he's calling her. And she doesn't know who's who's on the other end. But then he calls her again at 4:35. This would have been if she had actually left the property. He calls her again at 4:35 without Star 67. So that was more of his cover up um like, "Oh, well, I'm calling her after she's already left." You know? Yeah. But the documentary doesn't bring that up at all. Because why? Because it doesn't make any sense. Why would he be calling her cell phone after she leaves the property if it's just business? It yeah. doesn't make any sense. He just, he adds to it. Um, oh, and the mom also knew, Brendan Dassey's mom also knew that he had been abusing and touching Brendan's cousin, oh. a girl. So there's just so many things that after he had gotten out of prison, he just got worse and worse with abuse and all of that. And he's not this innocent guy that, oh, well, when I was younger, I was just hanging out the wrong crowd. No, sorry. Sorry, bub. Like, not, not true. So it's... That is wild. Yeah, it's so wild and it got me so entangled. But I can for sure, without a doubt, say, like, he's guilty and I'm surprised because on Fe- February 26, 2019, the court granted Avery's petition for retrial based on bones in the other burn pits in the quarry. Wow. But the bones were returned to Teresa's family. So um, I don't know what kind of evidence they have on that and why they're retrying because of those bones in the other area. But that will be interesting to see. And I really for surely think you know like did did jail make him a monster or was he already one you know and that's something that we I don't know that I just go on and on about it's just no for I have no doubt in my mind that he's just a psychopath he's like the one in a million psychopath that he can look innocent he knows what you want to hear so yeah that's ridiculous (laughs) I mean yeah it's crazy it's crazy to wrap your head around you know what I mean Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, so yeah, and you'll have to just keep track of the because, like I said, February twenty sixth was when they granted it, granted a retrial. So I'll be following the case. (laughs) I mean, if he if he gets let out, then that means that Brendan Dassey will be let out. And man, I feel bad for that that kid. Yeah, for sure. uh, She was asking him for help, and he should have gotten help, but he was in an abused situation. Well, also, so, like, if you're in that situation and your uncle's, like, forcing you to do this stuff and you have, yeah. you know, some mental disabilities, it's yeah. just not going to come so naturally for you to, like, book it out there and tell someone, like, your uncle's going right. to let you do that. You know what I mean? Well, so. but here, here's the other piece. He left. He was able to leave and go home. Oh. And he was at home for a few minutes. Or I think I like a half hour. Like his mom was there. And that was before they got to the garage. So that was before Steven said, hey, like came over and was like, Brendan, hey, can you come help me with something in the garage? He had a half hour or so to tell his mom that was standing right there, like what Steven was doing. So well, I for have sure been think. too far at that point because he already helped to do stuff. He probably would have been like, I'm going to get in trouble too if I say anything, you know? Right. But she was still alive. I know. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, if he's a low-functioning, uh, low-mental-functioning person, yeah, he's probably, like, just confused. So, exactly. you know, I think he deserved jail time, but I think he was definitely another victim in that story. And yeah. I just – the whole thing just makes me sad, and I just want it to be over. And I feel bad for <clears throat> her family that – they have to sit in every trial. Like, they don't have to, but they do. They sit in every retrial. They sit in everything, you know, and they listen to this stuff over and over. And mm. it's like, man. Yeah, that's terrible. Man, you know. And I, t- I tell Leo, like, after I listened to all this stuff, I was like, if that was my daughter, like, whenever I listen to different ones, if that was my daughter, like, I would just, I would just kill the dude, you know? Yeah, I know. And I just, you know, and Leo's like, says the same thing. So... I it's feel like just most parents feel that way, but we all can't necessarily yeah, be vigilantes. And they would definitely be watching you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So would you want to go to jail for died, the rest of your life? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it'd be worth it. You know what I mean? It just depends. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Ugh. Yeah. There was a case. There was a case that I was listening to. I mean, we, d- we can edit this out, but there was a case that I was listening to that um, this girl was sold into, or they think she was sold into sex trafficking off of a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And the family thinks they know exactly what island she's on and everything. They don't know if she's dead or if she's in sex trafficking. But there's been clues going on through, like, investigation over the years that she is still in sex trafficking on this island. Mm -hmm. And I just looked over at Lail and I was just like, we would be living on that island. Because their kids are older. So their other son is older, out of the house already. Yeah. We would be on that island searching for her every day until we knew for sure that she was dead. Mm-hmm. And Lael's like, yeah, we would. Like, we would create our own little secret op thing Same. going on. Yeah. And be there. Because how could you live in the States and live your own life when there's something that you could actually do? Just you know? Child, so potentially. Yeah, I agree. Potentially. I mean, or even just to make yourself feel better. Yeah. That you're actually doing something. So... I don't know. So this family, I just feel bad for because they can't really do anything. And they're just relying on the fact that the court will keep him in prison, you know. Yeah. So it's crazy. Crazy, it crazy. Is. 
well thank you so but i hope you enjoyed my story <laughs> yeah i did it was so cool to um learn about that from you because i know it like making a murder documentaries were such a big deal and i just never got around to watching them so yeah well and i hope i wasn't biased at the bias at all until the end because i know the whole time i was thinking this dude's guilty but you i wanted to frame it, it up you like, but i wanted to frame it up me i was like oh my gosh it was definitely his cousin and then all of a sudden i was like wait it's him I don't, right it's, it's he's bad well that i wanted to make it so that you were watching the documentaries like i wanted to make it so like these were the first feelings i had that he was innocent yeah you know that was good you did good so good that is so interesting and honestly you're allowed to be biased if you want because um the case is not closed for sure and right. uh, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll do an update when his trial, like, yeah. I swear. That's it's going to be one of those deathbed confessions for sure. But it's if not going to be a change even. story, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. We'll see. We'll see. That was awesome. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next time. And if you want to connect with us, our email is momsoutloudpodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us at Moms Out Loud on all the platforms. Yep. And you can follow me on everything at Rachel Player Photography. Awesome. And you can follow me at A Rockwell Estate. See ya. Bye.